What's going on, folks? And thanks for joining me for another podcast episode. It's been a little while. Jordan here. And I am pumped to be back on the podcast train. So, first off, we want to give a big thanks to you guys for tuning in, um, sticking with us week after week. This podcast would be nothing without you. You guys are the awesome community and the backbone to this podcast group. If you guys haven't, jump over to the Fellowship of the Duck Gun where we keep the conversation rolling um, off the air. So uh, it should be good. Definitely jump over there, and we appreciate you guys. Um, also, we want to throw a big thanks out to the partners of the podcast. First, big thanks to Boss Shot Shell. Guys, I've been using the Boss Shot Shell number three, or sorry, number four, three inch out of the 20 gauge. It's just been doing work. Um, pretty much I've been using that primarily. Um, I am going to start throwing in the 12 gauge more and more. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just hard for me to set down the 20 gauge uh, A5. It's just one of my favorite guns to shoot. And Boss Shot Shell with that combination is so deadly. Um, they're an American-made company, and they got the high-density copper-plated bismuth. Um, local company to me up in Michigan about an hour away. So uh, definitely some awesome guys with an awesome product. So definitely check those guys out. Um, also, make sure to check out uh, HTR Innovations, as you guys know. Um, I've been working with them for a while now, and they are a huge uh, help to the podcast and their par- partnership as well. Another American-made company. They make everything from uh, A-frames to the Quack Pack, layout pads, gun stand, um, Definitely some awesome products there. My favorite this season that I've been using a ton um, is the gun stand. If you guys checked out any of my Michigan Hunt Series videos, you'd seen it in that. Um, it's perfect for sitting in the marsh. I'll put the um, blind bag on one side of it and the gun on the other, even throw my game strap over it. So you keep everything out of the water right there in front of you as you're sitting in the cattails or if you're sitting in um, uh, a homemade blind or any type of area where you're sitting in the marsh it's just really i mean honestly i can't hunt without it anymore so uh definitely check them out hgrinnovations.com and use code duckgun for 10 percent off and free shipping on anything you buy um also we'd like to give a big thanks out to gunner kennel uh make sure to use the code duckgun10 duckgun space 10 for 10 percent off um, you know, I throw that thing in the back of my truck. I got the largest kennel they got. Um, Chief's a big boy. He weighs right around 100 pounds. And, um, I travel a lot with the duck hunting. And even if you're going around local, um, there's so many stories you hear about accidents and dogs. Um, and you know, you need a kennel that's going to keep your best friend and hunting companion safe. Um, and I definitely have peace of mind and ease putting him in the back of there and knowing that he's going to be safe um, from point A to point B, um, just getting there and hunting, you know, I know Chief's going to be good in the gunner kennel. So again, guys, American made company, uh, they got their patented double wall roto molded, um, gunner kennel, and it is a five-star crash test rating. And, um, like I said, it's perfect for trips. And, uh, honestly, I can't go anywhere without it now. Um, knowing that Chief's going to be safe. Uh, also guys, um, big thanks to Motion Ducks. Uh, it is the perfect for solution for motion in your spread. And, um, you know, here lately I've been hunting in a lot of no-wind days, and I take that ultimate decoy spreader. You get seven ducks on it. It sets up in minutes. If you guys haven't seen a video of it, 
Um, you can go check out Elliot and my videos. I'm using it a lot in our hunts, and so you can actually see the video of the ducks and the, the motion they put in the spread. I mean, with those seven d ducks on this ultimate decoy spreader jerk rig system, it puts so many ripples throughout the spread. Um, it's just it's just great. So, um, again, you know, it's just highly recommended, highly mobile, um, and they look so lifelike. Uh, it's just something that um, has been a huge help in our hunting strategy uh, for this year. Um, and lastly, we'd like to give a big thanks to um, our partners in Banded, Avery, and Greenhead Gear. Um, I've been using the GHG Pro Series decoys, and they just look phenomenal. Um, a little bit oversized with the softer type material. Um, looks super realistic um, for your mallards out there. And, you know, actually combo that with the Motion Duck decoy spreader. Um, just a wicked combination. Uh, definitely... You know, big thanks to those get those guys um, and their support. Also, you know, the Red Zone 2.0 waders with the breathable waders. Uh, once you go breathable, I mean, you probably never will use neoprene again if you can help it. Um, they just are awesome. So, anyways, guys, um, big thanks to all the partners and big thanks to you guys. Um, make sure to check out our partners whenever you get a chance. Um, it definitely helps us to keep the lights on for the podcast. You know, with all the internet issues we've had with Elliot, we had to make some huge upgrades to the podcast. And no, um, it's going to be great for just the podcast in general. It's going to be great for mine and Elliot's workflow. And it's going to be great um, as far as the end product for all the listeners, all you guys. Um, so we're super pumped about it. We couldn't do it without all you guys and without all of our partners. So um, I think with that, it's a perfect time to go ahead and jump into the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. Yeah, and I'll just give a little bit of background. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just a little bit of background as to what the issue was. So um, recently, as in September, um, I moved from city out into the country. And so we've got this little place with five acres, a pond, and I knew my big struggle was going to be internet connection. And I spent hours and hours and hours trying to get some form of internet connection that worked. And I thought I had one that was solid. Um, I was getting really good numbers and all my tests. In fact, we were at the point where if we couldn't get a good internet signal, we probably weren't going to move out here. Um, but from the system I had set up, it gets a really good signal about 70% of the time. And, uh, you know, it just became with the podcast where we would go episodes where it ran great. And then when we ran into problems, it just destroyed the podcast. So it became... I mean, we've got episodes we didn't even air because of it. So it just became so volatile that um, Jordan just decided and together we decided, you know, we just need to shut this thing down and take the time to figure out some form of solution, um, which honestly, we probably should have been able to figure out the solution faster than we did because it was kind of right under our nose. Um, but um, and and I want to say thank you to Jordan because he put in a ton of work and research and and it was to the point where I was, you know, saying, well, if we can't get this figured out, you know, I may just need to step down from this thing because, I, you know, we have to have good audio quality and and really honestly made me really feel good how much you wanted me to stay on and how dedicated you were to that. It was really affirming to me, honestly, Jordan. And 
And so uh, I think we got it figured out and I'm ready to get back and get, see if we can beat that 118 weeks in a row uh, <laughs> record stretch that we had. Yeah, we'll take, it'll take a couple years to beat that record, I think, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm up for the challenge and let's, let's get at it. Um, you know, rejuvenated and back in action. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone, as much as we talked about the Flyways Collective collab, I'm sure, especially the guys that are podcast um, listeners only, they may be like, you know, really interested to hear what all went down with that. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this podcast today is going to be somewhat of an update podcast um, just since we've been gone for a little while and, um, you know, rearing to get back at it and get you guys back up to speed with where we're at. So, um, you know, pretty much I, th I think where we need to start off like um, with, like you said, is uh, talking about the Flyways Collective um, going out there. And the Flyways Collective, huge success. Um, you know, me, Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot Freelance Duck Hunting, Titus, Mid-Valley Mercenary, Matt from High Prairie Sportsman, Josh from Outdoor Limits, and Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. That's the Flyways Collective. You guys know that by now, I'm sure. Um, but we all went out there and stayed in the cabin and we all we had some other people from our crews as well but um it was just an awesome weekend of duck hunting and going super hard um <laughs> i mean for the five days we were there we, we went super hard yeah we we certainly did and it was really an interesting i mean i've never been a part of anything like it i mean we've got titus and his brother thomas flying in from california we got thomas uh, flying in from Virginia. We got Jordan coming from Indiana, Matt coming from Nebraska. And I mean, Jordan and I had met each other and I had met Matt. And other than that, I had never actually met any of these people, but we've had so many um, texts back and forth and video conferences together that we all kind of felt like we knew each other. But just for everyone who we've watched all these videos and everything, and we're like-minded individuals to come together in a little cabin that didn't have bathroom we had two cabins didn't have bathrooms didn't have running water i mean it was a rustic bare bones little state cabin and just descend on this area and just hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt um it was certainly a very very unique weekend and it was kind of it's just kind of a blur honestly <laughs> no it really was and um you know we've, we've kind of mentioned this and um but you know I think if I had it to do it over again, uh, I probably wouldn't have hunted as hard. You know, it's just such a, a fast turnover from, um, well, I wouldn't say faster. We, we didn't leave enough time from when we hunt till the evening. And, and our day-to-day -day schedule was, um, you know, get up at, at 3 in the morning, ballpark, give or take. We got up earlier. We got up later. Um, but, um, and then get get to the spot, set up, hunt. Um, and then on certain days we hunted all day and you get back after dark, um, and you recharge your batteries, you empty out your SD cards, uh, you exchange out your clothes, you, um, reorganize your blind bag. We take the gear and put it in the trucks that we're going in in the morning. And by then it's like midnight. I'm not even exaggerating. It's midnight or after, and we're getting up at like three again. So... <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, and we, and we all wanted to make the most out of it and the best out of it and go as hard as we could to get on the best hunts and make the best content we could. Um, but I think in doing that, um, we did kind of, 
let some things kind of slip out of sight that might have been a really good option. And 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 uh, one thing that I guess the only regret I would say I have from the whole weekend is that we didn't sit down with everybody and have a you know a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just because, like you said, we're also worn out. And one thing, we shot a lot of birds, um, not nearly as many mallards as what we were hoping to shoot. But, you know, there was 10 of us there and we shot, I think, 145 over the whole trip, which is a lot of birds. You certainly can't complain about that. But the problem yep. we ran into is we had this huge push of birds come in the day, two days before the collab event. And spirits are so high because, the um, you know, I scouted the day before with my dad. And I've never seen so many mallards and pintails and in this area, never seen that many. And so we were all anticipating pretty quick hunts and and limits. And then the night before, literally the night before we hunted, I'd say 90% of those mallards just, I don't know, they took off. The ice came off um, of the marshes and they just dispersed. And so um, it made it hard because we shot a bunch of birds, but we had to really grind it out to do it. I know like day two jordan hunted from we hunted together but i only hunted about half the day because i spent the rest of the half the day scouting and you grinded out the entire day and you know six of us shot 26 birds but it took the entire day to do it and so yep. we were just and that that was one of the big problems we ran into was just how hard we had to hunt to put birds down yeah and uh kind of to, to add on that and that was day three for for some of us but um on my day one video with uh outdoor limits um, I got a couple clips in there where you can just see the number of birds we're seeing. I got one at the end, and it's just showing, like, clouds of mallards um, heading out, you know, in the evening. And I had another shot where we just had, I mean, just hundreds of divers come right over top of us. Um, mm-hmm. And that's right where I shot that that redhead. And then I come back into the blind. You can see, like, there's an awesome shot of me and Chief standing there, and the camera's pointed straight up. And there's just, I mean, there's just hundreds of divers flying everywhere. So there's... It was one of the times in my life where I've seen the most ducks um, in one place. And so there was definitely tons of birds, like you're saying. So have you, is that the most birds you've ever seen on one hunt, the biggest concentration? Um, I don't know, man. That that one or last year when we were on the ice hunt um, was yeah, a lot. Came over the, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it was very similar um, <laughs> with the number of birds. Yeah. Well, the thing that was disappointing is that, I mean – that first night, my dad and I scouted the morning and we had the birds. I mean, we had two X's just absolutely locked down, but we decided you were going to hunt with your dad and Josh. And then my dad and I hunted, but we decided to not hunt the X's trying to save them for the next day. And I think that's the smart decision when you have a whole group of guys flying in and everything. I think that's the right call. But at the same time, had we went in and hunted them that evening, you know, we would have gone in there and, and shot a quick limit of mallards and, and everything and, and those hunts that you know the hunt you had and the hunt that i had the night were really fun but we kind of hunted a side pool and just shot green wing teal intentionally um because i knew it was going to be easy and it was going to be fun and you know those i we had those mallards just locked down and uh you know it just it just didn't turn out for that next day but it leaves you second guessing a little bit it's like i've seen so many times in the last couple of years where we haven't scouted we have the birds right where we want them and then poof overnight they're just gone you just can't predict them they are you just can't predict them yeah no that's definitely um like you said that i I definitely felt kind of bad for you and fumbles going and shooting the green wings when they had everything else scouted um honestly i didn't feel bad about my hunt at all because um i mean i got to knock off some species off my list with the redhead and um 
uh, a buffalo head. So it was definitely a fun little hunt there. And I say little, I mean, we shot eight, 18 birds between three people. So it was, it was mm-hmm. a, a really good hunt. Um, even though we weren't on one of the mallard X's, I mean, we shot some mallards. We had three mallards in our, um, in our bag there. And, and, um, quite, I think we had five redheads and, you know, it was just a, a really cool bag, um, that I'm not ever going to get in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing I, I kind of regret is I had a fun hunt with my dad that night, but I'm in that spot you were in. We could have hunted five there. Yep. And been just fine i kind of wish that we had stuck together and hunted five because my thought was my my, th- my thinking was off my thought was well you know five's hard to hide but then we go off and we hunt this little pool of green wings you don't have to hide on you know so in the same type of hunt you guys were having and i guess i didn't know that at the time um that it would be such a mixed bag but the thought was my thought is always if you can avoid hunt, hunting five you do it because you just can't get concealed enough but looking back at that if all five of us would have hunted together there it probably would have been um, well worth it and i would have been able to hunt with josh again and and your dad and, and so that maybe i made the wrong decision on that my dad and i had a fun hunt i mean we had those green wings were just every five minutes just coasting in it was it was really fun but might have been more fun to be with you guys yeah now it's uh hindsight's 2020 so um could have easily been the other way and <laughs> been wishing we split up or something like that you never know on hunts so um yeah but yeah um, I guess for the rest of the collab uh, weekend, we just, you know, we just hunted with every other member of the Flyway Collective um, at least once. And, you know, it's like you said, we, we had a great hunts, great hunts as far as the numbers go. And, um, you know, I think one thing that we can say kind of like we, we all have, you know, from this weekend, we could tell that we all have um, the common bond of duck hunting. And we've never met, you know, besides you and me, I hadn't met anybody else in person um and you had only met matt as well as me mm-hmm. in person but it just felt like we just all clicked and meshed so well together um we definitely made the right choice on um on yep. the flyways collective and all the members and everybody's a diehard duck hunter everybody's willing to go out there and grind it out for the ducks everybody's willing to pitch in and help um or scout or whatever it takes to get on the birds and so uh, it was just really kind of refreshing to be with that kind of a, a really solid group. Yeah, a- absolutely. And and to give a little more detail, Jordan and I tried to be as jo- this whole collab idea was Jordan's idea, and he's like, "What do you think about that, Elliot?" And I'm like, "Okay, you know, I mean, you're you're the go getter of the two of us for sure, um, and I'm just kind of more, you know, go with the flow or whatever." And and so you're like, "What do you think about this?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, if you want to do it, that's fine." Which is <laughs> most ideas you have, that's kind of how it is. Like, okay, man, yeah, whatever. And uh, so you you got busy. We put down a list of um, you know who we wanted to put together on this, and and um, everyone that we approached agreed to it. So the members you see are the um, other than Outdoor Limits, Josh, who came along a little later, um, but and he was associated with you know had some other things going on at the time, and that's why we didn't we didn't even ask him. But um, so we had all these members, and we organized it as far as who would be staying in whose cabins, and each hunt who would be hunting with who. And we tried to rotate it up. So every single creator got to hunt at least once with every other creator. And then the, the guys like uh, my dad and Jordan's dad, and, and they we kind of shuffled them around so they didn't get to hunt with everyone. And then um, set up these cabins. And one of the most difficult parts for me was 
um, I, I knew the area. My dad and I and Aiden are the only three people that knew this area intimately being from Kansas. And so it was, where are we going to put each group? And so that was a totally different thing in scouting, which was actually kind of fun was, okay, I'm not scouting for one group. I'm scouting for three. And where are we going to put these three? Um, Josh ended up going to up in Nebraska a couple of times and, and take care of that group. But it was, it was a different, it was just a different animal than I've ever been used to. And it put a little bit of pressure on me with like, you know, the birds and everything and, and all of that, but, um, just, it came together really well. Yep. I definitely agree. Um, but this definitely won't be the last time, um, that we see the collab, the flyways collective is here to stay. So we definitely had talks while we're there about what our plans are for the future. So we definitely got some big things in the works, um, for the future. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and again, definitely check out everybody from the flyways collective if you haven't already. Yeah. And I would say that one of the main goals with this collaborative is to get like-minded individuals together that kind of have the same ethics and, and view things the same way and waterfowl hunting. And, and I know with this podcast and with both Jordan and my channel, one of our goals is, is to portray waterfowl hunting and the way we do it and go about our business in a way that, that we can um, give a perspective that we feel is the most ethical and the, the most productive way to go about hunting social media um, everything that involves waterfowl hunting. We've got a bunch of younger generation that are getting into the sport that um, don't have older mentors. You know, they don't like you had your grandfather and I have my father and, and like, m like my shot selection would be completely different without my father. Um, the way I view things would be completely different without my father. So one thing that we would like to do in, in the flyaways collective as well is kind of help be that, um, guiding mentor to people just getting into duck hunting that are just trying to figure it out on their own, you know, and, and I think that the flyways collective is a good way. And this podcast and our channels is a definitely a good vehicle for that. Yeah. 100% agree with that. And that's kind of a, another thing that we could throw in there too, you know, with the flyways collective and trying to even make our, our community even more tight knit and, um, having all the like-minded individual indiv individuals from all the channels and all the podcasts, you know, it's kind of, um, like you said, portraying that, um, as we, as we go through the hunts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's really cool to see the community we've built and all of us have built of people across the country, you know, that also are of that same like mind. And, you know, I think it's even more important now than it ever has been for, there to be kind of um, camaraderie and uh, brotherhood and, um, you know, a place where men can be men. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of a lot what, what hunting is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and respecting the big thing with me. And I know you as well, Jordan is respecting the, the animal lives that we're choosing to take and valuing it as well. Yep. Well, I guess um, I think that kind of wraps up the update on the F the Flyways Collective. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, before, before we totally wrap that up, I do think for those of you that have not seen the videos, for you to tell the story of the teal in the mud <laughs> is worth a few minutes. Because the last time I got on video and Jordan got on video on his channel as well, one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed out duck hunting. And I think it's worth giving a little time to you going through what took place there. 
Sure, yeah. No, that that's definitely a, a highlight for me of the trip, <laughs> just because of how comical it turned out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess start from the beginning of the story. We had a, a teal come into the set, and it landed. I mean, literally just landed the decoys. And um, and I give it a chance, and I, I, I holler at it a couple times, and it finally picks up, and I shoot, and I whiff. And I shoot, and I just, I just, I don't know. I just must have hit it with a few, uh, a few pellets or one pellet or something, and it dropped. But it wasn't dead, and so um, <laughs> I'm also using my my uh, um, over under, and didn't have any more shells on me. So I had to reach down in my bag, grab another shell, and by then the, the bird's you know hobbling away as it's crippled. On the other side of the channel. Yeah, other side of the channel. So. Um, I don't know why I only grabbed one shell, but I did. And I, and I rushed after it and I couldn't get a shot off. And so, um, I mean, this channel, this, this stuff was just knee deep mud. So I'm just trekking through knee deep mud and water. And this bird, all it can do is just kind of almost like hop. It's just like hopping, hopping, hopping. And so I'm trucking after as fast as I can through knee deep mud. And by the time I get to the other side, it's like very fast. (laughs) No, no, it's not at all. Um, but it was needy mud. I mean, every foot gets a little bit stuck and then sometimes it would pull Jordan's foot out of the waiter. So it's not just like walk through mushy needy mud. It's like walking through someone grabbing your ankles every time you step in. Yeah, no, it was, it was awful. And so by the time it got to the other side, I was still in the water and it's about 80 yards away. So I, I, um, I think it was you, Elliot was hollering. I needed to shoot it before it got into the woods. And so I take aim and I take a crack at it, and I knew, I mean, it, it's already injured, so there's no, it's, it's, there's nothing to worry about with taking the shot, and you're just hoping that you can finish it off and find this bird before it goes into the woods and just dies on its own. Um, and so, take the shot and nothing, and that's pretty much what I expected. Um, but I, I still trek into the woods after, through the mud, get to the other side, get to the island, and I'm just trekking around, trekking around, and finally, um, I, I bump it out of some brush, I see it scurrying across um, uh, just the brush and all that. And so anyways, to kind of speed up the story on that, I mean, I, I just chase it around, chase it around, chase it around. Um, and I left Chief home because this is the day four of the Kansas hunts. He's pooped, um, and we'd been hitting it hard in Indiana before he came up. So um, I gave him the day off, <laughs> and it was um, a good reminder of why you need a good uh, waterfowl yeah. dog with you. Um, so anyways, I kept chasing it through the woods, chasing it through the woods, and finally I got on it, um, and grabbed it, and I get out, and I'm like, yes, and I'm like holding the bird up, like, and, you know, I'm so excited that I was able to retrieve it, you know, after all the hard work, and then I get the word from you guys that you shot more birds, and I'm gonna have to retrieve them while I'm out, I'm like, oh my, (laughs) and so I go, and it's, it's sitting there in the mud, and this bird isn't, isn't dead, (laughs) so, um, I, I try to go after it and it pretty much, um, pretty much whenever I got close to the bird, I mean, it was on its last leg, but anytime I got close to it, it would hop away. It would just hop away from me on the mud. Um, and I'd get, and with that knee deep mud, there was no way you just couldn't close the distance. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we had people commenting like, why step, didn't you shoot it? Would... it? Um, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't have any shells with me. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, I, I try to step through the mud and it would just hop away. It just kept its distance from me no matter what I do. Um, and like that mud up there was like super thick and almost dry. Um, 
but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't gain any ground on it. <laughs> and so, um, I think, yeah, no, the next thing that happened while I was trekking after it is I literally fell over the med, the mud, like tripped me up. I lost my balance and I fell over on my side. Um, <laughs> and by this point you guys are all just like rolling, laughing over there. And I'm like out of breath and struggling and I'm like, and all my stuff, I just take off all my, all my gear, my, my lanyard, my, um, and lay my gun down and take my, uh, head mount off. And I'm like, the only way I'm going to catch this is if I just dive for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I just, I just line it up and I lower myself, get into uh, uh, the most athletic position I can and, and just leap forward. And as I leap, um, you know, I feel like I'm going to make it. And all of a sudden, I just feel my waders, like, tug on me. And pretty much when I jumped, my boots just stayed in the mud. <laughs> so uh, I'm, like, completely horizontal over the mud and going, like, full force into the dive. And it, and it just, like, stops me. And then I pancake on the mud short of the, the teal. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the laughter really – I didn't see it coming. I did not expect you to do that on the first <laughs> I did not see the dive coming. Then when you dove like that, man, I just lost it. <laughs> just smack, belly flop right on the mud. Whiff, yeah. whiff. <laughs> Hard whiff. So um, regain my composure. I'm covered in mud by now. Hands, arms, waders, clothes, just everything's covered in mud. Um, and so <laughs> end up diving one more time and recovering the teal. But even after that, I was so exhausted. But, yeah, got back and continued the hunt. <laughs> And we were dying. So Jordan got a good footage of that on his GoPro because he laid it down and got it from the mud. And I was able on my camcorder to zoom in. It was actually, I did a better job. I was worried that it was going to be so shaky because I was laughing so hard that I was having problems holding the camera steady. But I got, between the two of us, we got good footage of it. And yeah. man, it was funny. Oh my gosh, it was funny. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, It was definitely hilarious. <laughs> So if you have not seen those videos, make sure you go over and check it out on my freelance duck hunting and Jordan's duck gun chronicles. We both have, you need to see them both because it's different angles. One is from your perspective and you actually in your video do a great job of going from like, you've got the camera still going on us laughing at you and then back and forth. Um, it is man. It was epic. Yeah, it was epic. All right. So I guess let's continue on with some updates and uh, you know, um, so how's, how's the rest of your hunting, hunting been going since the fly was collective? Well, we had a really, really fun hunt uh, the first hunt after the collab. Um, we, uh, Simeon came out on his first hunt and my dad and I, we hunted this place that I've been scouting ever since the, the whole year I hadn't hunted yet. And kind of similar situation where we had these birds scouted and they didn't really show up, but we hunted till noon and shot 13 um, a mix of mallards and spoonies. And so it was just a really enjoyable hunt. Um, we were tucked back in the willows and I don't know if you saw the video. Did you see that video by chance? Mm-hmm. Where it's just a tiny little water hole there. Um, but in the whole area, there's a lot of flooded water and on the video, it kind of looks like it's an isolated little pond, but it's actually not, but it was, it was a neat hunt with well, the mallards that we were shooting, um, were pretty much, um, just coming right down in. And so Simeon shot his very first um, group uh, or very first limit of mallards. And then he shot one spoonie to get his full limit. 
And it was a fun hunt, man. I mean, when those mallards were, I was giving Simeon, I mean, he was out for the first time of the year, so he was getting all the first shots. So um, he shot lights out too. And then my dad picked up the gun and, and he and Simeon, while I was filming, had a flock of about 15 to 20 spoonies just coast right down in the decoys. And my dad shot a double out of that. And it was a really, really enjoyable hunt. And what I love about this place, and I don't know if you're coming down in January or not, I would love to take you to this place. It's such a unique place. Um, but is that when you get back in there, you're just, I mean, it was like there was no other hunter around for miles. And I've talked about that before on some of my videos is that our goal um at least mine and my dad's and the guys that hunt with me is not to shoot ducks our goal is to shoot ducks in isolation that's our absolute goal so we will we will take a three or four duck hunt or a per person hunt in isolation versus a full limit in a crowded marsh and because for us the feeling of shooting ducks in isolation is so much better than with people around you can hear them calling and talking and yelling and everything that that that's our priority and so this place certainly is just that it's when you get clear back in there it's hard to get in and out and involves portages and kayaking and, and it's difficult it's a difficult hunt but when you get back in there and you're all by yourself and you don't feel like any and it's a wild feeling place it's talk about full immersion it's very much an immersive environment so that was a great, a great hunt. Um, the next time I hunted was we went to Corn's Pond, which she has a private pond and it was loaded up with geese and ducks, but we had obligations. Corn had obligations um, Saturday morning, so we couldn't get out there until about 11. And we got out there and we flushed hundreds of ducks and geese off there and it just didn't pan out. They just didn't come back like we were hoping that they would. And the ones that did come back just wanted to land out in the middle instead of come into us so that was a disappointing hunt but anytime i'm hanging out with corn it's fun um so those are the only two hunts i've been on since the flyaways collective we are in a pattern now of we get skim ice we get one inch ice and then it thaws and then we get it again and it thaws so and it keeps happening like right now we have no ice by the time i hunt again on saturday we're gonna have ice and we so i keep hitting it on these times where we get the ice and right now um, I mean, we can deal with ice. The problem is it's much harder to scout and it's happening like Friday nights is when we're getting the ice. So we're having to make these decisions on where to hunt without really any knowledge. And we're doing that. We're probably going to have to do that again Saturday. It's going to freeze tonight. It's going to freeze Friday night. So if I were going to hunt today, I know right where I've gone. Um, if I'm going to hunt Saturday, it's just a crapshoot because we don't have any scouting available because everything's going to freeze that night. So we're running into that problem, but yep. um, so we'll see how the next couple of weeks go. We're having that cycle again, where it's going to thaw probably Monday, Tuesday. I'm hunting Wednesday and it's probably going to freeze again Tuesday night. So mm. I'm a little frustrated with, with that back and forth um, cycle and not being able to get any scouting done and stuff. So we'll see how the next couple of weeks play out. Yep. No, definitely a struggle on that. And we're kind of, we're not in that. We have been in that a little bit with the, the, the thaw and the freeze, but um, honestly, um, we actually froze over completely. We had it where we got down to single digits, had a big snowstorm. I mean, we're talking like 10 inches of snow, um, and I was actually able to get out on that morning um, during that snow. We shot four ducks, so nothing special, but um, I definitely love those those snowy day hunts, but um, it was kind of, it was like with that really cold weather, all the small ponds freezing up. 
um, that we did have all the birds move through. We had migrators coming through, but with everything being completely covered in snow and everything being completely frozen, it's like we lost our birds and we didn't gain any new ones. Um, but we're, we were able to get the warm up now and, and today it was actually, uh, 55. And so everything actually thawed out today, almost everything, um, completely thawed out today. Um, and I did get, to, and I've been scouting hard ever since this freeze up happened because, um, I wasn't able to find any birds. You know, there's a couple places, um, that I'd, I hunted, um, you know, with my scouting, I found some birds, but, um, public land, everybody else is scouting the same open places, um, so you always have those kind of fiascos, but I was able to shoot, you know, two birds uh, with me and Taylor and then able to shoot uh, two birds by myself um, the following day. So really, I mean, this kind of cold front, you know, everybody loves the cold fronts, but this one really didn't do it for us. It did more harm than good. Um, but I've been scouting this week as well, trying to find more private places to hunt um, and have a really, I think I have a decent lead on a pond that was, loaded today so hopefully i can get that one for the weekend and then i'm just gonna have an awesome hunt i mean we're talking hundreds of ducks and geese on this this cattle pond so <laughs> if i get that it'll be awesome so but aren't you guys gonna freeze back up with this front that's coming in uh no really nope it's not hitting us so what are your temperatures gonna be tonight so what are your low temperatures tonight and tomorrow night uh tonight it's like 40 really yep no well, that front's tonight. That front's not hitting us at all. Really? Huh. Well, you know, as far as that snow goes, I have people sometimes ask me, you know, like, do the birds ever get totally south of us? And the answer is always no, unless you get a six to 10 inch snow. There's nothing that will kick ducks out of an area more where they can't even feed. And if when they get to the point where they can't feed in a field, yeah. um, you know, that's when they disappear. And yeah. So that you guys got a 10 inch snow that had to just kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing about our area is, you know, we, we can get some lake effect off the Great Lakes. And so that kind of just, you know, pushes them out of our immediate area, but it's not everywhere. So um, they kind of filter back as everything thaws out and everything warms up. Um, so it's not all is lost for the season. I think that um, we will get on some good hunts before the season's over. Yeah, I, I know we will too. And maybe this weekend, I mean, the place right now we're slated to go, we haven't hunted this year. And another problem we've got is that we we are, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Our reservoirs are still in flood stage. It's been since May. We're talking half of a year um, of these lakes being in flood stage. So I'd say within the next week, maybe they'll come out of flood stage, but I have no idea what has happened with all the silt. The boat ramps may be so silted in, we can't even get boats on. So, I mean, the places that we normally want to go when our marshes freeze are, you know, are a, a variable as well. So see, we've got a low of um, tomorrow night, 27, Friday night, 27. So it's not a deep freeze or anything. Um, but 27 is enough that, you know, we're looking for stuff that's 12 to 18, 18 inches typically. And, and 27 inches, that's going to freeze that. So that I can't believe you guys aren't freezing. Yeah, no, we won't. I don't think we'll, I'm looking at the 10 day forecast right now. We're not going to freeze. I mean, we're going into freezing temperatures, but we're talking like 29 degrees is the lowest it gets for the next 10 days predicted. Yeah. I'm really hopeful on our Wednesday hunt. We typically hunt the day before Thanksgiving because Sunday, Monday, it's going to be high 56 Sunday at 55 Tuesday, 52. 
Then Tuesday night, a low of 30, which, but it's got a 12 miles an hour, 12 mile an hour wind. So um, my fingers are crossed on that Wednesday hunt to go back out to that place we were and have open shallow waters is the hope. And then Friday, if we hunt Friday, Friday as well. So I'm, I'm really hopeful of those Thanksgiving hunts so we can get back on the shallow water or if not, at least find, at least find them somewhere. Yeah. We got a lot of birds around. We, I know we've got a lot of birds around. It's just, you know, they can be hard to find. Yep. Well, I got a feeling you're going to smash them here soon. Yeah. We have, we have yet to have a really good limit of mallard hunt. I mean, Simeon shot his mallards, but we have not had like that mallard hunt this year that we all come away with a limit. <clears throat> so hopefully that'll happen soon. <coughs> all righty. Well, um, where does that leave us with updates? Anything I'm kind of leaving out on the updates? No, I, I don't think so. Are you planning on making another Kansas trip this year? What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on that? Um, man, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it might be in the cards. Yeah. It's definitely going to have to, I think it's going to have to wait till January if it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Tim Cochran's coming down over that, um, um, MLK weekend. We're going to get in a couple days there. Nice. So that might be one for you to consider. We're going to do like a Saturday, Sunday. He's going to hunt Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think. Nice. Uh, I'll probably just do Saturday, Sunday. That might be an option. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, uh, pencil it in and see what we can make happen. Um, one other thing for the update, um, went on a pretty awesome diver hunt up in Michigan. Um, so, you know, I've been talking about this for a while, um, but earlier on this year, um, you know, got it all planned out and ready to go. But um, it was definitely, you know, something that I wasn't able to do on my own. So I was super pumped to be able to get on it and do something that's a little bit different, kind of out of my wheelhouse, you know, where we're here, we got some field hunts for geese. We got water hunts for geese. We got puddle duck hunts. Um, and we can get on divers, but usually for me, it's the diver hunts. It's like, uh, hey, we had a diver fly in our set and we shot it. It's not like we're specifically going out and targeting divers. And and I could get more set up for that, but this was even more beyond that. I mean, going out to the Great Lakes, setting up in layout boats and setting up in a big pontoon with spruce branches for the camo. And, um, you know, I got the first video out already for the hunt, um, and we had a – we had a really good hunt in the first day. Um, tons of divers coming in there. You know, the only small complaint is mergansers, but as all you guys know, um, I'm going to kill every every merganser I ever see. Um, <laughs> shoot a merganser, save a thousand trout. So um, just say that ten times before you go to sleep every night, and you'll be good to go. So, um, but yeah, so it was it was a great hunt. We got out there on the layout boats, and we did two hunters in and two hunters out. We'd switch back and forth, and we did have a little a little set by the pontoon as well, so we were able to to shoot. Um, we were able to shoot uh, divers from that as well, and we shot a few from there. But the majority of it is when you're out in the layout boat, and I mean the divers literally fly at you a um, hundred miles per hour, not literally a hundred miles per hour, but um, more like 40, 50 miles per hour, and they're coming straight at you, straight down the barrel. We have long lines of of uh, decoys that kind of lead you right to them. And so um, as far as the shooting on that, the shooting isn't isn't difficult when they're coming straight at you as much as it is um, when you got crossing shots at like 40, 50 miles per hour. Um, you can see, 
you know, a lot of the shot, um, and you, you won't see this till day two, we had a lot of passing shots from the boat, um, and you can see the shot hit the water behind them. I mean, we're, we're missing them a foot, two feet behind them at, at some cases. Um, and, I mean, you're leading it by, like, three birds links or something like that, and it's just it's just crazy how fast these birds fly across the water. So um, I was able to bag my first golden eye drake, so um, that was definitely cool, you know. Um, beautiful bird, and I, I put that one in the freezer. Hopefully that one ends up getting mounted uh, sometime soon. Um, but, you know, beyond that, we did get some old squall. That was the other big bird on the, the hit list for that hunt. Um, they didn't really work in as well as we would have liked for the whole hunt. Um, and that's just hunting for you. Um, I know a, a couple guys that went out, um, the weekend after actually, and they all limited out on old squall, um, with the same guys. So, <laughs> um, oh, that's man. just how it goes. You know, it's, it's just hunting. So, um, but it was definitely cool to kind of see that type of hunting and that style of hunting, something that I wasn't familiar with and be able to get on, a good Great Lakes diver hunt. So if you haven't done something like that, I definitely highly recommend it. Um, we went out with real fishing, um, at Saginaw Bay and Mark there is kind of a, a local legend, uh, growing up in Linwood and guiding in Linwood for fishing forever. And, uh, you know, um, now doing the duck hunting guide guide business as well. Definitely a bucket list for me to, to do something like that. I, I still haven't, I've been so busy this week. I haven't had a chance to watch that video. Um, and I, I got to get that watch because I'm, how, how deep was that where you were hunting? Um, I, I think it only gets out. It's not really a, a really deep bay there in Saginaw Bay. Um, I think the deepest it really gets is somewhere in the 20 feet mark. I mean, we were miles out there and it was only, you know, 20 feet deep. So, so you couldn't see any land in any direction? Oh, uh, we could see the land for sure. Okay. You could see like the tree lines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think it. that pretty much wraps up the the diver hunt portion there. So awesome. So what are your number? What are your numbers right now? Let's get into our numbers just for a sec. Um, for those of you that like data, I know some of you don't care about it, but for those of you that like data, Jordan and I keep our our numbers and kind of um, keep track of what we're doing and and share notes. And we we track that data at the site I had developed, freelancehuntstats.com. Um, and it's an uphill battle for me to catch Jordan last year. I whooped him, but this year he's got a strong lead. Although I've been putting a dent in it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's like, uh, at this time of the year, I mean, my maximum is, it's going to be like four ducks, you know, and then a geese, it's three ducks or three geese. So after this, it gets a little bit hard for me to kind of stretch my lead out at all. So. Um, you know, especially when you get those six duck days and, uh, <laughs> six geese, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't, I've only shot six geese once in my life. I don't even like having that many. It's just so much meat to deal with. If I not, no, don't get me wrong. If I go out <laughs> and I can shoot a limit of geese, I'm going to do it, but I won't, I would never probably string a bunch of, if I really got on the geese, I just don't want 12, 18, 24 geese. It's just too much meat. Yeah, people are thinking I'm crazy right now, probably, but probably just a lot of meat. Make it into jerky. Well, I don't like jerky that much. That's a lot of jerky. Yeah, that's definitely a lot. Um, I I definitely feel the same, somewhat the same. Um, but. that's everyone's go to. 
I'll just make it in a jerky. Yeah, what? And then it rots in your fridge. You eat all that jerky. It's not just just making it into jerky and enough. You got to consume it all. And I don't really care for that jerky that much. Yeah. Well, I don't have my last hunt in here yet. I just realized that. So um, I have to get that one in there. But besides that, I'm up to date. Um, so I have two more shots and two more ducks than what my numbers show and one more hunt. Okay. So what do you, what do your numbers show? Um, let's see. Hitting the filter button. I'm looking at So right now I'm my shooting percentage, right I'm going to say it's probably 47. Um, harvest per hunt is probably about 3.1. Um, number of hunts is 26 and total harvest is 82. Yeah, I just, I'm not going to build. I think I can get you on the shooting percent and the harvest per hunt, maybe. I don't, I, there's no way I'm going to catch that total harvested, though, of, of 80. I don't think, I just don't think I can get out that much. Oh, and I got one um, more double. I, so I'm up to 10 doubles. <laughs> 10 doubles? Yeah. Yeah. I don't shoot. Aiden's got me on doubles big time, too. I don't shoot near as many doubles as you and Aiden do. Um, I only have, I've got 15 hunts, 52 harvested. Four doubles. Um, I'm averaging 3.4 a hunt, 59.5 percent shooting. And my favorite stat is I've only lost one duck, and that's 0.067 lost per hunt. That is my absolute. I am so proud of that number. If you go to the global, the global average um, for this season on hunt stats is 0.24 ducks lost per hunt so correct me if i'm wrong here but that out of 100 hunts you would lose 24 birds with that average and for me out of 100 hunts i'm losing six birds so i'm the most proud of that number yeah that's definitely a good stat to keep for sure because i do not want to and you're at 0.16 that's that's not too bad that's not too bad at all that's almost half the average so that's good that's good that's a good number Awesome. Well, you know, I appreciate you jumping on here with me again. I'm glad we're back in action and back uh, to it. Um, So, yeah, definitely uh, um, one thing I want to mention before we go off air, though, is um, we talked about this on the live stream portion, but um, not before we pushed record. But we have a whole new setup. Um, Or did we talk about this at the beginning? I can't remember now, Elliot. Do you remember? Uh, we'll go ahead and do it again. <laughs> I don't uh, recall. <laughs> we don't recall. All right. So, I mean, I'm super pumped to have the whole new setup. Um, you know, we're feeling like post-production is going to be, um, you know, just awesome with the audio and the mics and all that and the upgrades and upgrades we've done with internet and across the board. So, um, you know, if you guys hear us sound a little different on the mics and all that kind of stuff, um, we definitely have a whole new setup, and it's going to bring the quality of this podcast to a whole new level. So, um, you know, just wanted to kind of give you guys the update on that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all we got for today. Um, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. So um, any last words, Elliot? I would just say if you guys haven't had a chance on iTunes to give us a rating and review, make sure you do that. really, really helps us out, and we'd really much appreciate that. Yep. Uh, Definitely agree with that. And with that, we'll see you guys on the next one.